Khan, and this is Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. This week, we began a multi-part series exploring how changes in our environment and ecology are influencing both our spirituality and the rituals we use to connect to community and each other. Before we head to Walden Pond in Concord, Mass., to get some history on the spiritual philosophy and movement known as Transcendentalism, we begin with Craig Green. He's a musician and the leader of Sanctuary. It's a singing group that gathers outdoors in Virginia. Nature has long been a space for renewal and connection for Green, who lived in a transcendentalist-inspired, intentional community for more than 10 years. I did live at Twin Oaks, which was a Walden II-inspired community. Walden II was a utopian novel by B.F. Skinner, but he was inspired by Thoreau, and in particular, the quality in Thoreau and Walden of saying, I went into which to conduct an experiment to understand life at its most fundamental. And that, so an intentional community is an experiment in living together. Music has always been a sanctuary for people, a solace and a place of reconnections. What I often will say in our group is that humans are resonance seekers and that people always have loved, you know, singing in hallways and stairwells and, and, and bathtubs and cathedrals that that we've always sought out uh, resonance, it is just a natural aspect of being human as we seek resonance. And there's this combination in music of the physical resonance in our bodies that make our voices audible, and then the resonances that we feel in music. That If someone says, that song resonates with me, we all know what that means. And so at the end of our gatherings, people will, will go around and each person has a chance to say what resonates with them and what we've been singing that day. We don't use handouts or songbooks. We basically teach everything by ear. And that, of course, somewhat limits. We're not going to sing a song with six verses because that's not that viable to try to teach by ear. But we, we sing chants. We sing rounds. People often speak of layered songs where you have different parts that layer on top of each other. You see this also in different cultures. In South African music, that's very common. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. The gathering with the uh, Church of the Wild was in a state park outside of Harrisonburg in a kind of a lovely mountain meadow. We were invited to come in and bring some music. So we kind of had a couple gathering songs and then there was uh, some um, kind of grounding and invocation to the directions, did a seven direction invocation. So we orient ourselves to this space and this time with a prayer to the seven directions. We pray to the mystery of life, the creator, the source of all that is. Shared some songs that had an equinox theme. Uh, and that is also part of Sanctuary is that we, we feel like we have songs for all seasons. So it was fun for us to pull together songs from our repertoire that would fit the theme of an equinox gathering, the balance of light and dark, uh, day and night. And I think they were happily surprised at how good we all sounded. They were not really a group that were all singers. Part of our work with Sanctuary is to get people to reclaim their singing voices and to realize that we're all singers. 
we sing before we speak. When we grow up, grow up, you know, baby sings before it speaks. We're a very singing phobic culture at this point. You know, that people are very quickly trained. Oh, you don't want to hear me sing, or I can't carry a tune in the bucket. That that it's 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 really more common than not that people don't think of themselves as singers, and that's completely different from traditional cultures. You know, everyone sings. It, it's just seen as a, as a basic aspect of being a human being is to sing and to participate in community singing. There's a wonderful saying about the voice is halfway between the heart and the head, and that it's the place where the heart and the head can can come together. I feel like from an early age, you know, just finding the solace in singing and, you know, from my, my teenage years of being, you know, an, an outsider oddball in a small southern town and, and finding a lot of um, hope and uh, affirmation of living a different sort of life from music to my life as a countercultural activist, uh, finding ways to bring people together for a deeper connection. I feel like nothing has been as powerful, as fruitful as, as community singing. So. It is my path. I feel like it's this, it's at the center of my, my spiritual life. When I was a teenager, I just grew restless with kind of the traditional religion. I grew up in the Episcopal Church and um, just started being a classic uh, seeker for <laughs> the wisdom of the East, reading Alan Watts and Ram Dass. And, and yeah, I, I read a good bit of Thoreau and uh, the, the Transcendentalist of the 19th century too, seeking a, a different kind of map of what um, a fulfilled and authentic life entailed. I found more inspiration from that than in traditional religion. So I, I left that really as a teenager. In my adult life, I've studied a lot of different paths, you know, Buddhism and uh, have participated in paganism. I would identify myself as spiritual, but not religious at this point. I think what's been true for me is, is a person who wasn't super affiliated with an institutional church is I see the other side of the problem that's that's not addressed by the spiritual but not religious kind of thread that that we do need community and we do need the structures of ongoing uh, community practices that are not just everyone doing their own thing. I feel like I've always been interested in in creating forms that they could actually be useful to other people and they could spread by a sort of grassroots contagion has has always been my my hope with my practices. Um, I would love to have tea with Thoreau or Alan Watson and, and and respond to what I was reading. It felt like a very kind of conversational tone in what both both of the way those writers expressed themselves that just was very attractive to me. My search has been for community for the most part. And I feel like having been part of the communities movement for, for so long, again, I see the part that's not fully developed. And the, there's there's this, you know, polarity, I think, that always happens in culture. On one end of the pole is the do your own thing, which was so prominent with the 60s kind of counterculture. And then the get with the program, which is more traditional culture, right? You grow up in this church, you, you do the proper rituals, and you're in good standing with your community. And that, to me, the, the path forward has to weave those two together, the, the finding your own voice and living in the, your own lights, but also being part of a community and, and knowing that we all need the reality check of other people <laughs> in order to kind of have a balanced uh, development of our, of our gifts. 
community I live in now is a small group. There's just seven of us living here, and we're uh, living in a rectory of, of an old church that no longer has a congregation or a minister, but the church still owns it and has uh, you know, approved us being there, and we have a, a lively relationship with the church, Grace Church Red Hill. And we often bring music to services, and we often do uh, events, uh, often based on the seasons, um, doing a summer solstice gathering or doing what we call an ancestor feast around All Saints Day, doing a winter solstice singing gathering. We, we often do have our gatherings uh, in connection with the, the wheel of the year. I think living in intimacy with the turning of the year that of course really all religious traditions do have their annual cycles I think to live with a sense of um, connection with the turning of, of the seasons it's just a very basic aspect of, of living a truly awake life um, I love it <laughs> I have a lot of songs that we've developed we have uh, songs for all seasons and that's when, when the the folks from the Church of the Wild asked us to bring songs. That's why we're so happy to, to, to pull up our songs that would fit that moment of the fall equinox. This practice we have of, of asking people to, to speak to what resonates with them at the end of each sanctuary session, it's so illuminating to hear what resonates for people. I also have this term I use a lot with what we do with the sanctuary. I, I call it syntimacy, and that I do feel like, uh, again, the, the COVID time was such a, a time of, of loneliness and people not feeling connected. That that um, and that was an exacerbation of already we were a lonely society. Already we were probably the most alienated culture that has ever lived. Um, so that to create these contexts for people to to be in a place of, of greater truth of greater revelation of, of who they are and what matters to them um it, it's i just it's very nurturing for me to have that opportunity to, to speak of, of that but also to hear f- from other people what what is resonating for them it, it creates syntimacy I've always been drawn to grassroots change in the idea that people could come together again in in a more direct, uh, unmediated fashion to to share what what matters and define um, uh, inspiration together. That, that has always just been kind of like, like a on a basic intuition level, feeling like that was where I what my path was, and I was looking for people who wanted to do that with. And again, so with the singing that the the, the, the the egalitarian nature of everyone has a voice, that our voices are all waiting to be used. Um, I do feel like it's it's a very natural way for people to come together and and have a direct sense of co-creation, um, co-enlivening experiences. And um, I, I feel like it's it's a big part. It needs to be a big part of creating a more integrated resilient, resonant communities feel like singing is, is the royal road for all that. So I'm super happy to be one of many voices that is, is bringing community singing back to, to our culture. When we're in flow together, that we kind of drop out of our egocentric, always thinking about ourselves first and foremost, and that when you're in flow, you kind of join with the activity. And when you flow with other people, you are in a place of communion. A, a great nourishment comes from that. I feel like the singing 
what we do with it when we're flowing together, when we're learning together. I've always felt like learning together is one of the most powerful bonds of community. And so when we create context in which people are learning a song together, learning how to harmonize together, learning how to hear the other voices as, as much as you're hearing your own, that that is um, a key aspect of creating um, a healthy community, a beloved community in which people feel like they can be completely themselves and also be encouraging other people to be completely who they are and finding our, our voices and our truth together is what the sanctuary is about. One foot in front of the other and lead. I'm Craig Green, a community song leader and ukulele teacher in Charlottesville, Virginia. One foot in front of the other and lead. Craig Green performed at the Equinox Gathering of the Church of the Wild in the Shenandoah Valley. In our next installment in this series, my conversation with the group's founder and guide, Valerie Luna Searles. Here she is describing the community and how their spiritual practice is rooted in nature. We are an emerging expression of community among the human and non-human inhabitants of the Shenandoah River and the North River watersheds. A church without walls on the edges of wilderness and civilization. Our teachers include the Black Oak and the Eastern Cottonwood, the Cardinals and Finches, the Ancient Lichen and the Black Stone, our own soul, and each other, whoever shows up, recognizing the sacred in all of creation. And we listen into what David White calls the conversational nature of reality as a gateway to personal wholeness and cultural transformation. We gather to realign ourselves in relationship with all beings, to reconnect with the divine presence and rekindle our soul as necessary practice in a culture of ecological destruction, injustice, and unmooring. All are welcome from any or no faith tradition. When we return, we dive into transcendentalism and its legacy today. You're listening to Inspired by Interfaith Voices. We'll be back after this short break. Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between. We're a national show, and we are a small and mighty team committed to bringing you stories and sounds from around the world that convey not only the diversity and the pluralism of our country, but the beliefs that are shaping our world, our politics, our culture, and the ideas that sustain us and inspire us to think about where we are going. And that brings me to this question. If you value us, if you enjoy listening and appreciate what you're hearing, I want to ask you to take a moment to consider becoming a sustaining member of Interfaith Voices or make a one-time donation at interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. That's interfaithradio.com. 
www.networkforgood.com. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. 